Hello, friends. How is it going? This is Olivia. Just coming through your headphones to chat a little bit. Today is going to be really fun. We're doing a solo show, so it's just you and me today. And we're going to talk about how to deal with disappointment. I don't know if you heard on social media, but I am releasing my first book. I Like Your Tenacity is a 30-day devotional that is designed to help you stir up hope in the middle of disappointment. And so I wanted us to talk a little bit more about disappointment. How do you deal with it? How do you wrestle it? And hopefully it'll give you just a little bit of a teaser for what you can expect in my upcoming book. I cannot wait to share it with you. It has been such a labor of love, and I have spent so many hours not just writing it and perfecting the words, but praying over you and anyone else who reads it and just praying that it would be a powerful force in your life to just cultivate new hope, to spark hope where it's so easy to get caught and stuck in disappointment. I know that what has changed for me in my own journey with disappointment has been tenacity. It's been the willingness to keep going, that tenacious spirit that rises up from deep within and just helps you to keep going when it's hard and when it's tough. And so I really think these elements work together and make a complete picture of what we do when things are hard. Welcome to the Wild Abide Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Allness. I am so excited to lead you on this journey of shaking off shame, stirring up hope, and running after our dreams together. Let's go. The hardest disappointment I have faced in my life was unanswered prayers. About five years into praying for my parents' marriage, I looked around at life and felt really disappointed and angry. I wasn't seeing the breakthrough that I was spending years praying for. I wasn't seeing things change for the better. They were actually, in many ways, getting harder. What started as an 18-year-old girl praying and believing for the first time, that God could actually take her parents' marriage and maybe make something beautiful out of it again. That girl walked through so much heartache and pain and constant crisis and trauma for five years and got to the other side, and all that was left was divorce papers and talk of potential custody battle. It is something I wouldn't wish on anyone, walking through that experience of your parents getting divorced, especially, and there's different challenges to being a kid and and to being an adult, and one of the sucky things about being an adult is that you know too much. You're a little too involved, a little too invested, too tempted to think that you could have done something to change it, or kind of just messed up in the middle of the drama. In that place of realizing, God, it's been five years and I am still seeing nothing. That is the point in my life where I have been the most disappointed with God and with life. 
it was heavy. It wasn't something that I bounced out of. It wasn't something that only one encounter with God could have, I think, eliminated. It was something I had to walk through and process through and and fight for. And I had to learn how to be tenacious. I had to learn how to step into hope, how to cultivate hope in my life, how to stir it up, how to increase the hope within me when things felt really hopeless. And so that point where that five-year point was almost two years ago. And honestly, I'm still trying to pray for God to surprise me in the situation surrounding my family. I've seen glimmers of breakthrough in relationships being mended or little just sparks of hope that have made me just stop and thank God. But the situation overall is nothing really that different than what it was two years ago. The only thing that's really changed is my own tenacity. It's my ability to to hope. That is kind of where the Get Your Hopes Up shirts all started. They started from this place within me, and that's what I had to tell myself. I had to tell myself for months and months and months, get your hopes up. Be willing to risk being disappointed. Lean into who God is and hope in God. And it was something I preached to myself over and over and over again. And then last summer when I released those shirts, you guys loved them. You ate them up and... That has been our absolute bestseller to date. We started with the t-shirts. We added the sweatshirts this winter. And I have been blown away by the response that you guys have to that message of get your hopes up. So this is really that deep dive of, okay, if we're going to get our hopes up, what does it mean then to deal with our disappointment? I love this passage in Romans 5, 3 through 5 in the message version. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. That's a good word, friends. There's more to come. That in expectancy, we're not left feeling shortchanged. But that we have abundance. That God is pouring and pouring and pouring out generously into our lives. That's good news. And it's it's something to come back to in those really tough times. Because it talks about how the troubles develop passionate patience. That patience turns into virtue. And then we're awake, we're alert, we're looking for God. And I think that really shows a beautiful process of how we we wrestle with troubles and disappointment and the hard stuff. We know it's being cultivated in us, even when things are really sucky. So I want to break it down into three things to do with your disappointment. We're going to get super practical. The first thing that I want you to do with your disappointment is to grieve it. 
you gotta grieve before you can heal and before you can really hope. That's why it's the first day in the devotional is be okay with grieving. It's okay to grieve. It's good to grieve. It's healthy to grieve. We need that. And we really do need to to process that, to, to feel the pain. I am a notorious grade A stuffer and runner. I, I do both very well. I am an Enneagram 7, so pain is not my forte and grief is not my thing. But going through some of these big kind of traumatic life-changing events in my own life made me really have to wrestle with what it means to grieve and what it means to to let myself feel the sadness. Jesus wants to be invited into our grief. He wants to be in the process with us. And the sooner we can allow him in on our mess, on our grief, our sadness, our tears, the faster and I think the healthier and more long term we'll get to a place of tenacious hope. After grieving, I think something that we really need to do is break up with being a victim. I know that many people, and you might be one of them, have been a genuine victim. I don't want to dismiss or minimize your pain, but I think there's a difference between maybe having been a victim in a situation and living like you are a victim in life. And having a victim mindset that says that everything is being done to you. And it's this belief that the world is almost conspiring against you. And if we are going to have hope, we have to stop that thinking. We have to change the process in our minds that says life is always going to be this way. It's always going to suck. It's never going to get better. What's the point of trying? That kind of thinking We have to fight against it. We have to change it. One of the best places to go to change your thinking when it comes to being a victim is counseling. Absolutely, forever and ever, amen, counseling. Go to therapy. It's so good. So good for you. I know I remember one day in counseling about two years ago, and I had this realization in my own story, in my family, that I was not the victim and I wasn't the hero. I was just me, just Olivia. You don't need to be the victim. You don't need to be the hero. You can just be yourself. Let Jesus be the hero and be along for the journey. The third thing that I want you to do to really kind of deal with your disappointment is to praise and to worship. This isn't to ignore or minimize your pain or the things you've been through. Again, we're like, we're talking about those other things first. We start with grief. But praising God when things suck is one of the most powerful things we can do. It's also one of the things that we won't be able to do when we're in heaven. When we're in heaven, we're not going to be able to praise God through our suffering, through our questions, through our doubt, through our disappointment. We're not going to be able to do that. We're going to be made perfect and whole and everything is going to be set right. And we're going to praise him for forever. But the cost of praising him now is actually more valuable in many ways because we're sacrificing. We're, we're doing it through, through just this like lens and this fog. And there's such beauty in that. There's such beauty in risking that. 
in the verse in Romans that we talked about, in Romans 5, 3, it talks about we continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. We continue it. We keep praising God. We keep a heart posture of worship, of reminding ourselves that God is good. He is worthy of our worship and our praise and our love, our adoration. And that is fueled by this knowledge that the hard stuff develops the good stuff. We are not left behind in this. We are not abandoned. We are not alone. Instead, we get to lean into the reality that God is who he says he is, and we get to celebrate that. We get to celebrate who God is, and that's what allows those hard things to really get fleshed out in our life and they get to run their course and we get to come to the other side with hope. It's not perfect. It's not a one and done process, guys. This is this is a daily on repeat, but if we can kind of boil down those three things, grieve, refuse to be the victim, and praise, we are going to have some tools to cope with disappointment in a way that is healthy, in a way that will stir up hope in our hearts, and in a way that I think will impact the generations to come from us, but also the world around us. People are hungry for hope. People are hungry for purpose in the middle of their pain. And when you get to show them that, it is powerful. So I I'm so excited. I hope this fired you up. This is just meant to be a quick little teaching, I guess. I hesitate to use the word teaching, but a quick little conversation and kind of like the quick version of how to deal with disappointment. It is not easy. It is not immediate. And guys, there's so much space for nuance and for, for the hard stuff. And I want you to know that I love you. I am praying for you. I am cheering for you in your journey. I like your tenacity. And I am so excited to get I like your tenacity in your hands. So if you want to know more information about the book, if you want to be in the loop, I mean, for sure, follow along on social media. You won't be able to miss it when it comes out, which is hopefully next month. But you can also go to my website, thewildabide.com slash book and you will get some info and a way to sign up for the mailing list to be fully in the loop. Until next time, I hope you have a really great day and get your hopes up.